welcome to the Fitnatics. I'm joined today with Courtney Morris, who is a holistic nutritionist, as well as a licensed counseling associate candidate. Welcome, Courtney. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. And let me just say before we get started, I've worked with Courtney in the past and she is amazing. She really helped me with uh, my diet and really first things first, and I know I'm going right into myself at this, but I wanted to say and emphasize the importance of really listening to your body and working with someone that knows how to do this. And I was looking for more energy in my overall day. And she definitely helped me uh, make some maneuverings and some changes in my diet that really helped facilitate that. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Courtney, and tell us a little bit about your background and area of expertise. So I, um, as Susie mentioned, am a holistic nutritionist. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher and I've been doing both of those uh, things for a little over 10 years now. Um, and, and recently I have graduated from counseling school. So I just finished my master's in clinical mental health, which is really exciting. So, um, you know, the intention really is to just kind of like weave together the more alternative um, practices that we learn and use in yoga, holistic nutrition, and really bring that into more of a, um, you know, a clinical base or, or just introduce some of these concepts to people who may not, um, you not, not know about them. Um, so I'm very, very excited for what the future holds there. Now, can you explain to us what the difference is between a nutritionist versus a holistic nutritionist? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so the nutritionist is a term that anyone can really call themselves a nutritionist. You don't necessarily have to you know, you could go do a weekend training and refer to yourself as a nutritionist or just participate in self-study. Um, so I use the term holistic nutritionist because I actually have a master's degree in holistic nutrition. And so the school that I went to had a sharper focus on complementary and alternative medicine. And so, um, you know, I was really able to, to structure this very scientific degree to um, an alternative area of focus, which was Ayurveda for me. So it really is more um, Ayurvedic nutrition, which I know you're um, familiar with. Uh, but typically the word holistic feels a little bit more understandable or relatable um, for some people. And so, um, you know, I could say Ayurvedic nutritionist, but um, yeah. <laughs> She's holistic, I guess also because that's what my, my degree is in as well. Got it, got it. Now, when it comes to uh, my audience, my clients, the majority of them are women. So mm -hmm. let's talk about women and let's talk about why they come to see you. What are some of the, the major concerns that women come to you for with regards to nutrition? So I, I would say the number one reason why most people go seek out nutrition support is um, you mentioned wanting more energy. Um, another big one is weight loss. And then another one is just like, you know, just like generally feeling overwhelmed with the idea of changing food habits. Um, and, 
and really a, a vast majority of my clients are women. Um, I do work with men as well, but, but I can say that an overarching theme that I've seen amongst most of my clients is that, uh, you know, whether the goal like yours being, I want more energy or someone's coming to me saying, I want to lose 30 pounds or someone coming to me and saying like, I just want to eat better. Uh, typically the, those end up being sort of like the side goals or like the, the things that come from actually focusing our energy on really setting aside time to, to nourish ourselves and to actually learn how to eat enough food and to listen to our body because those, those really, that's the crux of, of what we're looking for and weight loss, better energy. Those just are things that come along with that sort of mindfulness. So how important when it comes to the weight loss, because weight loss, of course, is the top. It seems like, mm -hmm. you know, when we think about food or we think about nutrition, the only thing that we can think about is weight loss rather than, as yeah. you suggested, you know, eating better, changing some of our food habits for various other reasons. Mm -hmm. um, how much of biofeedback comes into play with that? So, you know, the... Weight loss, I mean, it really, it depends on the person. This is very individual, but, um, you know, it, it tends to be something that we, we like to focus on because it, it's just, you know, to be able to lose a little weight to fit into our clothes better or to feel better in our body, you know, that um, is exciting for anyone. Um, mm -hmm. And in some cases, it can be a predictor of health, not always though. Um, so you know, we can use it as a way to, you know, stay incentivized, but not um, place our whole, like, inner, our entire energy into that, you know, just like attaining a certain number, because what happens when we do that is we just, we just fix ourselves and our identity to this number that we think that our body needs to conform to, um, instead of, you know, really looking at the bigger picture of like, how can I actually honor and appreciate and love the body that I reside in and be happy with where it's at, um, you know, and, and, and maybe weight loss is a part of that goal, but really, you know, the true goal is, is really feeling centered, um, centered in yourself. Um, yeah. I'm so with you on that because I have found not just through my own experience, but listening to others is when we do get fixated on a number, the stress that that puts on our bodies and mm -hmm. tell us, Courtney, how does that affect us? How does the stress affect us when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to our mental health? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well. Big question. Um, a very good question. So the thing, and let me just, just very simply describe this, the way that we feel our body, we feel things like hunger. We feel things like um, satiety, we feel things like stress, all of those happen through hormones. The hormonal system is what causes those reactions or those, um, gives us those sensations uh, that our body is saying, like, I need something, or I'm trying to tell you something. All of that comes through hormone release. And when we are in a state of high stress, what happens is the two hormones um, leptin and ghrelin that will trigger satiety or hunger um, are not as easily felt. 
And that is why you see some people who, when they're in a state of stress, high stress, high anxiety, they either want to eat a lot or they don't want to eat at all because of the way that those two hormones are being sort of silenced. Um, and that's why, you know, I'll come back to this really taking time to, to, to lower stress and place awareness on like, how can I feel the release of these two hormones in my body to understand, you know, how much food is enough for me? Uh, that really is where the sweet spot comes in because you're, you know, learning how to, to listen to your own body and coping with, you know, maybe high amounts of stress that we have. Yeah, definitely. I know that when I worked with you, you know, I coming into the process thought, okay, foods, you know, what are we going to take in? What are we going to take, what are we going to monitor? Well, not only did we do some of that for sure, um, but Courtney also had me doing some abdominal massaging. You know, she, she provided a yoga, very short yoga um, process or a little, some stretching movements, yoga movements uh, daily. And I thought, but little, I mean, I'm here thinking I'm, I'm going to follow the program. I'm in it. I want to get these results. So I'm definitely going to adhere to it. But I'm in essence, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Courtney, is that you were tapping into my stress levels, which, you know, I clearly had <laughs> stress <laughs> at that time and um, learning how to manage that better so that I could get mm -hmm. the results that I was looking for. I was going to ask you if you could just share with us a little bit about some of the techniques or strategies or tools that you use for de-stressing. Yeah. Um, so tools for de-stressing, you just mentioned abdominal massage, um, especially with women, I find that that tends to be a big one because um, the process of learning how to lovingly touch our stomach can be very challenging uh, and emotional. And it seems like this really simple thing to do, but um, it, it, that it can be a big, a big thing. Um, to learn how to, to touch your stomach and to massage your abdomen and to breathe and to just kind of like release, release any anxiety that builds up during that moment. Um, and then the other really basic one um, that I tend to use with a lot of people is just mindful breathing. Um, you know, there are apps out there that you can use. Some people really like that, or we can come up with like a pattern that you can do to like your favorite song, but just like creating some awareness around what does it feel like to breathe in my body? Because in the silence of observing our own breath is where we can actually tune into how we're feeling and where we can actually start to observe the, the shifts that are occurring. You know, maybe one day you wake up and you do a little bit of breathing and you're like, wow, like my mind is racing pretty hard today. Mm -hmm. And so then you can use that information to work for you. Um, you know, if you know, like my mind is racing, like maybe instead of, um, you know, going and doing like a run, you choose to go to a yoga class, right? Mm -hmm. um, and vice versa, we can use that, that information that we, that we gain from just a moment of silence with ourselves uh, to make decisions that will help us attain more balance. Well said, Corny. Very, very much so. So with regards to the hormones, and mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about menopause. Mm -hmm. What types of things uh, nutritionally happen to our body during this time? Are we losing? Are we gaining in terms of certain nutrients 
Should we focus on certain foods during this process? Yeah, I mean, during menopause, this is a big, um, you know, hormonal shift, obviously. And while the nuts and bolts are going to be, you know, the specifics might be a little bit different for every individual. Um, you know, step one, really, I've said all of this already is like really taking, taking um, a moment to just observe, do I understand what it feels like to feel hungry and, and satiated in my body? That's a big one because if, you know, we can, if we know the answer to that question, then really feeding and fueling our body with the things that it's asking for um, during this change will just be that much easier. Um, you know, with this big hormonal change, it's, it's pretty important for there to be, um, you know, an emphasis placed on consuming enough macronutrients, um, consuming enough um, minerals, getting enough hydration, um, I think especially those of us living in South Texas, hydration is always a major thing that most of us need to focus on. But in those big transitions, hydration really, um, you know, it really is like the first nutrient um, to pay attention to. So that would be my recommendation is just like take inventory of like, where is my stress out? How do I feel my body? Um, am I drinking enough water? Um, and then another question you could ask yourself is, do I know what the difference is between feeling thirsty and feeling hungry? Because a lot of time those cues can get um, like twisted and, and misunderstood in, in our feeling body. Um, you know, and then from there, just making sure that you're eating enough food um, and not just snacking throughout the day, eating square meals, two or three um, you know, meals and not just grazing. So in that case, do you suggest maybe to journal, uh, keep a certain, some type of a food log or journal in terms yeah. of, you know, what are you eating? How are you feeling afterwards? Mm -hmm. You know, your energy levels, um, you know, are you tired to kind of help us track to get a better feel for what's happening in our bodies? Yeah, so food journaling is really helpful. Um, and, and you just hit the nail on the head. Like when you're writing a food journal, you can make this in a Excel spreadsheet if you wanna organize it or just get a, <laughs> just get a journal and, and write these things down. But you know, write how you feel before the meal, um, what you ate and how you feel after the meal. And, um, you know, if you can do that for yourself for like a week and then sit down and study like, well, you know, how do I typically feel before I eat and after I eat? And are there certain foods that maybe trigger a different response, like something that I don't want to be happening? Um, and, and that's a really good starting point and can give us information on, um, you know, are, again, are we eating enough food? Are we eating too much food? Are we eating things that are you know, maybe not agreeing with our system. Are we actually eating three meals a day? Um, the very, a very helpful practice. I, I agree with you. I, that did help me going through the uh, process of uh, food journaling. Um, and I also think that I hear from a lot of clients to include my husband, where, you know, when they were younger, when we were all younger, we could eat, you know, X, Y, Z. And now, you know, it may be, oh, not so much of the spices or not so much of this. And so do our bodies really change as we get older? Are we more or less susceptible to 
food allergies or food sensitivities? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really good question. And I like that you pointed out allergies and sensitivities because a lot of times those again are two things that are misunderstood. There is a difference between a food allergy and a food sensitivity in mm -hmm. that if you have a food allergy, this is not really something that's going to go away. A food sensitivity is something that we can maybe work with and mm -hmm. eliminate that food sensitivity. And the reason why sometimes when we're younger, we can just literally eat anything and then suddenly, you know, we, we enter into um, a different phase of life and just like the foods that we used to always be able to eat suddenly impact our body differently. Um, the reason that that's happening is because the lining of our gut is changing. Um, and the way that our immune system and our gut are, are interacting with one another is why food sensitivities occur. This is like a whole nother like Pandora's box. I will, we won't even open it because that's a big topic, but um, you know, the point is, let me just instill a little bit of hope here is that if let's say spicy food causes some really intense reaction, for you and you're like, well, I like spicy food. I want to eat spicy food. There are ways that we can look to healing the gut and to, to re, you know, just, just, yeah, just rebuilding the gut lining so that our, our bodies are actually able to digest foods better um, and potentially um, getting rid of some of the, the things that are causing sensitivities. Um, if you think about the digestive system as a fire, um, you know, with a with a, a stoked flame being this thing that allows that enables our body to digest food really well. What can happen as we age is that fire just gets, you know, lower or less strong, and so it's harder to digest some things for some people. So if we can stoke that flame, then the metabolism and the the digestive system will be stronger and more able to um, process the foods that we're giving it. Excellent, great explanation of that, Courtney. Now, and you mentioned some things that came to mind when it comes to our metabolism, our digest mm -hmm. digestive system. We, I'm gonna assume, are born to have a more flexible metabolism. Mm -hmm. And um, if we diet and we're constantly dieting, say we try a keto, we do a paleo, we do a Whole30 and all these other diets, really have an impact on our metabolism? Do they help us or they can they hurt us when it comes to losing weight? Yeah. So again, this is going to really depend on the person, but you know, diet, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just jumping from diet to diet to diet, that in terms of health span and longevity, this is not a good space to be in. Again, because this is just stoking the stress flame, right? It's not addressing that like that like feeling healthy in your body. It's it's just yeah, it's stoking the stress flame. However, those diets can be beneficial for some people to like jumpstart, you know, their effort into um, you know reclaiming their health. Um, or in certain cases where there might be um, autoimmune disorders, sometimes those diets are appropriate, but not in, um, I think that not in an extreme way. Whenever we feel ourselves kind of diving into something 
with an extreme um, mentality, that's when I think it's important for us to say, okay, let me check myself here and really look at, you know, the, what my, what my, my real goal is. Uh, because if it is health span, if it is longevity, sometimes these really extreme diets are not going to be the answer um, or the thing that's going to help us attain that. Yeah. Well said, because I think a lot of times we think in extremes, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, with those dines from one to another to another, and we're either, you know, very restrictive mm -hmm. or, you know, on the other end, you know, there's binging, you know, we, we mm -hmm. overdo it. And so it's really challenging. And I think that's the process that you're trying to get individuals to is to find that middle ground mm -hmm. where we know we find the balance, mm -hmm. the overall balance, not just nutrition wise, but, you know, holistically, the whole body, mm -hmm. right. the whole body. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I just have to point out that the, you know, this, because I did something I didn't mention before this is like, I came to all of this, you know, health study because I was very interested in supporting um, people suffering with eating disorders. And, um, you know, what we see, you know, mentioning binging and restriction, you know, we see that happening in a more extreme case in those moments. Um, but the, you know, when we step back for a second, it's just whether or not we're taking those actions to an extreme or just you know, sort of like toying with them a little bit in our life. The thing that we're ignoring is our hormone balance. You know, when we're restricting our body, we are suppressing a hormone. When we're overeating, we're suppressing a hormone. And the hormone that we are continuing to, to encourage being released is cortisol. Mm -hmm. The stress hormone. Yep. A stress hormone. <laughs> Got it. Now, Courtney, so do you help um, individuals if they want to lose weight? What type of services do you provide? Yeah, so I definitely, you know, the if you're interested in losing weight, if you're interested in just learning how to eat in a more nutritious way, um, you know, those are definitely like goals that we can work on together. I would say, um, you know, a question that you asked me was like, who is my ideal client? And I'd say that really it's someone who is open to exploring um, the connection that we all have between our emotions and the acts of nourishment, the ways that we nourish ourselves um, and how emotions may be limiting us in the uh, in those acts of nourishment. And, and by nourishment, I don't just mean like, what are we eating? But like, how are we moving our body? How are we um, treating our mind? How are we caring for our body in, in its holistic state? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, Courtney, that you are a fit natic. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so tell us your favorite way to, um, to exercise. Is it yoga? I do love yoga. I used to do yoga every day, but after having my daughter setting aside like an hour and a half to work out has become a little bit more challenging. Um, so I, I've always loved to do cardio and I got a Peloton during 
quarantine, which was like the best investment I've ever made. Um, so I love the spin bike. I love all of the bar classes and yoga classes they have on there. Um, but then I, I think that walking, walking and listening to audiobooks or listening to podcasts, that just is one of the most restorative activities for me. So that's sort of like my non-negotiable exercise every day. All right. Yeah. I love that about walking. I think you're so mm. right. Um, walking gets totally underestimated when it comes mm -hmm. to a good fitness program. You know, it helps with the strength. It helps with the balance. It helps with stress management. I mean, it's cardio. So there's so mm -hmm. many ways you can adapt it so that it works best for you. And it's super effective. And you're right. The audiobooks. I love to listen to audiobooks and music that's in the mm -hmm. car. I don't feel like I really listen to music as when I'm walking yeah. and I can enjoy it. And it's just my time. So yeah. right on to walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Courtney, with that being said, I want to definitely thank you for your time today. I will share with everyone how to reach you um, for your services and your valuable information. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the Fitnatics today, guys.